The fallen and redeemed Jedi called Revan captured fans' imaginations when he debuted in 2003's Knights of the Old Republic video game. He was absent from that game's sequel, and fans would have to wait until 2011 for a novel that would bridge some of the gaps in a life story as disjointed in the telling as its protagonist's own muddled memories. That novel was simply called Revan, and we're going to talk about it today. You're listening to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast, the only library in the galaxy where you won't be shooshed by Jocasta New. I'm your host for today, Johnny Maynard, and I'm joined by a slightly expanded panel to talk about a book, an actual book, um, that probably divides fan opinion, although I'm not sure how divided this panel are going to be. We will see. Uh, joining me again to round out our discussion on this triptych of Revan-related stories, we have Brian and Cassia from the Old Republic podcast. Brian and Cassia, hello again. Hello again. <laughs> hello. Thanks for having us back, Johnny. Uh, looking forward yeah. to uh, to wrap up our, uh, our trilogy of Revan uh, stories, I guess. Fantastic. Me too. Me too. And rounding out our panel today, we have Star Wars book community founder and Fantatrax book reviewer. It's Chris Davies. Hi, Chris. Hello. It's been a while since you've been on Legends 1, hasn't it? It, it is. Uh, I was thinking about this. This is only the second novel that we've had to discuss on Legends Library that's wholly set in this earlier time period. Uh, you and I started way back at the start of the summer with Dawn of the Jedi Into the Void. Yeah, we did quite a few together, but then when you got to tell the Jedi stuff, I had to kind of drop off, didn't I? Because I hadn't yeah. read them. Yeah, it's, it's very nice just to be back to having to talk about one book and not sort of entire omnibuses full of comics or, uh, as I was saying to yeah. Brian and Cassia off Mac, Mike beforehand, you know, 35 to 40 hours of gameplay, trying to condense that into something podcast-shaped. So, yeah, the, the, this really is sort of the, only the second novel in the sort of Legends timeline, sort of chronologically. Uh, Jesse and I did that episode where we shoehorned in Cross Current because it partially takes place during the Great Hyperspace War. Uh, but this novel, Revan, pretty much regarded as the second novel chronologically in the timeline. So, so let's give the folks listening a wee bit of context for this one. Uh, Revan was published in November 2011 under the banner of The Old Republic, uh, the massively multiplayer online role-playing game that launched a month later in December 2011. It was written by original Knights of the Old Republic writer Drew Carpetian. Uh, by that time, Carpetian had already written a very well-received trilogy of novels about Darth Bane, which we'll get on to on this show in the new year, most likely, uh, and would go on to write another Old Republic tie-in novel, Annihilation, which we'll get to in a month or two. I think I may have incorrectly said a couple of weeks ago that Carpetian wrote Deceived. Um, you and did. I was muddling that. Yeah. I know, it's that yeah. Uh-huh. So the novel here is divided into two parts with a three-year time jump in between those two parts. In terms of timeline, part one takes place two years after the events of the first Knights of the Old Republic game, uh, and, and therefore three years before the events of the second game. Uh, part one sees Revan and Bastila Shan married to the displeasure of the Jedi Council uh, and expecting a child, but with Revan haunted by uh, dreams that may be the key to some of his missing memories and may also be the key to some sort of resurgent threat to the Republic, he rejoins forces with old pal Candrus Ordo uh, and sets off to find answers. 
Part 2 picks up three years later after the events of the second game, Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords, and here we're reunited with the Exile, now identified as Mitra Surik, who takes up the quest to search for the missing Revan. Um, so headline thoughts, folks. This book is called Revan. Does it deliver on the promise of the title? Um, you know, does it deliver a satisfying story about Revan? And if it doesn't do that for you, without getting too much into spoilers and sort of too much into the specifics, are, are there things in here that you do enjoy? Um, Cassia, I know you have feelings. Let it all out. Maybe I'll try to do this like HK47, like <laughs> Isis. I wanted KOTOR 3. And what I got was the Revan novel. Yeah, it. Um, so, so not not enough Revan for you, or or not happy with the way he's handled. If you're writing a story that like two installments had been video games, it doesn't make sense to kind of conclude it in a novel or at least a novel like this, um, mm -hmm. it would kind of be like, I'm trying to think of like a good way to compare it. It's like if someone was reading Beowulf, you know, and then like Beowulf was like brought forward into the future to be in King Arthur. And it's like, I wanted an ending for Beowulf in Beowulf's time, mm -hmm. not him to be kept alive all these years to be in King Arthur and Camelot stories, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, we, we'll definitely get into the some, some of the detail on that later on, I think. Um, Brian, what about mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. Headline thoughts? Yeah, so, uh, so headline thoughts. So the novel is uh, The Old Republic, Revan. Um, it is a story about Revan, and it does set up the Old Republic. So, when uh, it does, it does exactly what it says on the on the cover of the book. Um, to get to kind of what what Cassio was saying, it was hard to distill two video games worth of material and characters into one novel. Um, it would have been played out better. Uh, we, you know, you had the Darth Bane trilogy by Carpishin, um as well. It might have been better served as like a trilogy of books or taking up a little bit more room in these older public kind of kind of lead in novels that went into the, you know, to set up the lore more or less for the older public in that sense. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you know, kind of, kind of, kind of bold lights. It, it is a story about Revan, so. Uh, so yeah, there's that, and we'll we'll get into kind of the direction that it goes and yeah. what we like and dislike about that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a well well written book. Carpishin is a is an interesting and entertaining uh, author, I believe. So um, it was good mm -hmm. from from that stance, and we'll get into kind of more of the yeah. meat of the story here. But yeah, I mean, it does what it intended to do. I think so. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Chris, you're less invested in the lore around Revan and Knights of the Old Republic. Um the games i don't think you've played either of the games all the way through um sort of i, th I think ha having stumbled across so sort of some barriers with just your resistance to the gameplay mechanics and that that kind of thing um how does this one work for you then uh, as someone who isn't as invested in in that lore and those stories i think the book does a good enough job in explaining what it needs to for the story being told in this book you know um I didn't, it's not one of my favorite books I've read. Um, and there's, there's some plus sides and there's some, there's some negatives. Um, the plus side is it has some fantastic world building and 
everything that's not to do with Revan is great. Uh, all the bits with Revan are kind of a bit just nothing. He's, he's, because obviously I understand that with the games, you create your own character, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And so the, the character of Revan is ultimately an avatar for the get for the player. Yeah. So the Revan we have here is probably like one tenth of people's Revans, but because they don't want to force personalities, he's kind of like an empty character. Yeah. That doesn't really have any kind of personality. Um, Saying that though, the book around that is really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drew Carpichan or Carpichan, as you call pronounced it. Um, he's really he's a great writer. I mean, Darth Bane trilogy is wonderful. Yeah, and this is good. Like everything through the scourge and is it vicious? Is it is like this guy? I believe that's the pronunciation. Vicious. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Really good time. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think all that's fair. I mean. I- I think you're right. There's a difficulty with trying to bring to the page a character like Revan, who, you know, by necessity in the game is kind of a blank slate for the player to kind of project onto. And, you know, and obviously, you know, yeah, exactly. in the course of the dialogue trees and that sort of thing, as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, you know, you, I guess, you are projecting character into the game you know, by your choices and you're creating the character. But even so, and as we discussed, particularly about the first game with Rev and some of those dialogue choices are quite bland. You know, the, 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 there's not much to him, I guess, as a character. Um, and so making that interesting on the page, I think, is difficult. Um, I, I recall, actually, when Jesse and I were talking about the novel Cross Current a, a few months ago. And one of the main characters there is also a character from a video game, Jaden Core from the Jedi, I think, Jedi Academy game. Yeah, I think um, that game just had its like twentieth anniversary as well. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I know I've not played that game all the way through. I've dipped in, but um, you know, I, I think certainly from Jesse's point of view in that episode, you know, he felt that maybe that was that had been a more successful game to prose transition of a character than maybe um, Carpetian was able to achieve here, and I think partly just to the nature of the character, the nature of the games in in, in question as well. Um, interesting stuff but let, let's talk about Revan then part one of the book is 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 really Revan's quest um so you know as we discussed last week the second Knights of the Old Republic game didn't directly follow up the story of Revan and Bastila you know it did sort of open you know in, in media res on Revan's ship the Ebon Hawk and, and with two of Revan's droids on board uh but with no Re- no Revan in sight um, this novel, particularly this first part, um, gives us our, gives us our first real look at what Revan's life was like in the years immediately after his redemption and his defeat of Darth Malak, uh, and of course we get to see him head off on a new adventure. Uh, what do you make of this section of the novel? Uh, are there things that you like or don't like particularly, Brian? Let's start with you. Um, yeah, this is probably my favorite kind of part of the novel. Actually, it's seeing a little bit more of the, uh, you know, kind of human side of Revan, uh, so to speak. So you're getting a little bit of uh, interaction between him and Bastila, how that relationship is looking and working at this time. We're getting a little bit of uh, interaction with Candorus, who is a character that we know uh, from the games and kind of how how that works. So to that end, I think this is probably my most enjoyable part of the book because it mm-hmm. it did feel the most as sort of a continuation of the stories that we that we already knew. Um, and yeah. and to what Chris was saying, I think it does a good job of kind of world building of you know getting you in the mindset of what this was like and kind of the immediate aftermath of 
you know, the first game and things like that. Um, you know, kind of the kind of the characterization of, of Basila here is is pretty good, I think, in the first part. And then and then way tails off is we're we're gonna keep kind of going going through the story here. But, but yeah, of of the book, I like I like the idea of Revan and Candorus going, you know, to uh uh to a spot on, you know, Coruscant or Terrace or or wherever and yeah. uh, having a pint. That sounds that sounds pretty good. So I kinda I like this first section uh kind of from that standpoint. Yeah. Well, what about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a good time. I mean, I like is it Eucanderus. I like that character, and I like his story when they go to meet his original tribe or people he was yeah, with. Yeah, his Mandalorian. That's clan. it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And then um, and like his ex girlfriend and all that was was fun. That was entertaining. Reads his his his, his wife. His wife not sorry, even yeah. ex. I think they're still married. Yeah, that was that was that was really yeah. entertaining. And it, you know, it kind of takes you a tour around the galaxy and stuff a little bit, doesn't it? Um, so it was just kind of like a, a quest, wasn't it? Um, it's just a, a quest as such. So it is, yeah. it is it is quite fun. I feel like my issues with it with Revan in this part is we they do a bit a really big job. I mean, Drew does a lot of heavy lifting of sort of um massaging the legend of Revan. Um but we have a lot mm. of tell about Revan, but we don't have any show. You don't see why he's so revered, why he's so powerful. It never comes up. He's just a nothing guy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um so yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of tell. I mean, obviously, obviously if you played the games you've seen that, but I haven't. So if I'm going just on this book there's lots of things of the legend. It's like if you had a, a story about Darth Vader of Anakin Skywalker, um, but Darth Vader doesn't do his Darth Vader thing. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't, you wouldn't know. Yeah. You'd be like, what? But no, the actual book, the actual like around that though, it's quite a fun little quest, and it's quite enjoyable, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. So so they're kind of uh, as Revan's sort of following clues and trying to figure out. Um what this planet is that he's dreaming of so you know that's covered in storms they, they end up basically on a quest to find mandalore's mask because he thinks the answers may lie there um because obviously what during the mandalorian wars he defeated the mandalore and and hid the mask so that the clans would remain divided uh, and I guess Mandalore's mask in this, and I, and I don't know if this was established in other legends lore, and then this was kind of being slotted in as part of the ancient history as well. But here, Mandalore's mask kind of operates in a similar way to in, in canon, we've got the Darksaber as mm -hmm. sort of the Mandalorian artifact that will unite the clans. If you know, if you're the one who wields it or has it, then, then you know, um, you'll be able to bring the clans together. Um, Mandalore's mask here, because sort of fulfilling. A similar role and that, and that that's fun from, from sort of a, a mandalorian culture and a, and a lore perspective I, I i certainly enjoyed that cassia what about you how, how do you get on with this part one of of the book catching up with revan and bastila and the little quest here so uh, drew carpetian uh however you say his name in star wars you can pronounce like uh names multiple ways i'm not trying to be pronouncing it wrong so sorry if I'm getting it wrong but um uh, uh Carpishin, like I loved his Darth Bane trilogy um he wrote KOTOR I think he's immensely talented but mm. with the Revan novel I think it's kind of just like you have to write this 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 and this has to happen um yeah 
And I don't know if I really uh, love any instances of the Revan novel. I can like it, but like maybe if I were writing it, it just wouldn't be my head canon. But maybe I like this most because I'm like, oh, at least like Revan and Bastila get to love each other, you know, and like um, mm. I can pretend in the back of my head, like. Revan probably like has like a group chat with all of the other KOTOR one characters who don't get a mention <laughs> here, you know, but yeah, well, yeah. They, they they get a mention in this sort of, shall we round up the old gang conversation with Candorous <laughs> and basically they all literally just get a mention. It's like, well, mm -hmm. no, um, I, I can't remember what all the reasons were, but we, we can't have mission because for whatever reason and she's really a double act with big z and he's busy doing the thing and hk47 is he missing again i can't remember but you know th th there's a time there's, there's a you know one paragraph somewhere in there <laughs> where they just explain why we can't have all the gang back together and it's just going to be revan and candorous doing a buddy movie instead mm -hmm. um yeah yeah and, t and t3 obviously t3 is along for the ride too yeah yeah t3 spends a lot of time in the book just powered down recharging um until yeah. until the until the end we'll get we'll get to that no spoilers for sure uh -huh. um, but to some but to something chris said he drew carpishan does an amazing job like like candorous's kind of personality and story in this is great uh his his mm. wife uh, i think her name is vela is really interesting yeah. in this section so maybe it's just a thing with revan revan must just be like super hard to write for because even in the game he didn't really write for revan he was writing for all these other characters kind of yeah you know, peripheral to revan so yeah i mean we, we mentioned that when we talked about the game didn't we you know that sort of Revan's story is kind of on pause for chunks of that game because you're actually exploring all the other characters through the side mm -hmm. quests you know um it yeah revan as a character you know just doesn't really show up I, I, maybe not not even in the game really just you know you, you know beyond what you invest in him you know mm -hmm. and that doesn't really work in a just an idea in a cool looking suit quite in the same way um yeah yeah mm -hmm. or yeah as cassie as you said last week about darth nihilus a cool funko pop yeah I think Revan, uh, maybe it was just too soon to give him a personality because uh, the yeah. game came out in 2003. Maybe if they at least just waited like 10 plus years. Um, yeah. I think they just kind of wanted to shoehorn. I said shoehorn. I meant shoehorn <laughs> him into uh, the older public. They're just like, yeah. what's his personality? I'm like, uh, he's canonically male and looks like keanu reeves and he has a green lightsaber go you know <laughs> yeah yeah that that's a personality right that's yeah yeah so. i mean yeah i mean I, I i guess i i feel that sense of there being a missed opportunity to do something more expansive with the character you know imagine for example um something like uh you know, a, a, a rebooted Knights of the Old Republic comic series, like like that amazing long fifty plus issue run that John Jackson Miller yeah. did. 
mm-hmm. with a, you know with largely a cast of new characters that that's an amazing comic imagine a 50 issue run that was actually then focusing on what Revan did in between these two games and actually letting the letting the character grow and actually seeing all that happen and you know it, instead we kind of just get this sort of very it is just, it feels to me a bit dot to dot. He's joining pre-established dots and just sort yeah. of he's there to provide connective tissue in, in a novel that will sell well, um, which does feel a bit like a missed opportunity to me. Uh, but one thing that I definitely did enjoy about this um, is, is the Sith Empire stuff. Yeah. Um, Chris, you've already alluded to this being one of the things that, that you enjoyed. Uh, one of the main threads that ties both of the parts of this novel together is this drama that's at the heart of the Sith Empire with uh, this character Lord Scourge working with or being used by Darth Nyrus. Uh, there's lots of action, plots within plots, and, and some really interesting characters here. Um, do you enjoy this aspect of the novel? Chris, I know you do. Well, what do you enjoy about it? Me? Um hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, fa- I found Scourge an interesting character straight away. I mean, when he was introduced and he was described, I was picturing um, that guy from Dawn of the Jedi, you know, the, the Sith Jedi. Uh, Seknos, Ra- Seknos Rath. Yeah, that's how the, I kind of pictured him. Yeah. The really buff Sith guy with about 20 abs. Yeah, that guy. Um, yeah. The one with all the girls fancy him and stuff, yeah. I yeah, imagine looking yeah. a bit like that, and I was like, oh, here comes another sort of empty Sith Darth Maul character kind of thing. But no, he's actually yeah. it's quite good because there's a there's an interesting hierarchy with the Sith. Obviously, you guys know this more um, during the Old Republic and the fact of this is there is this is pre um, Bane, isn't it? So you've got a whole empire. Yeah. So you've got like low level Sith and janitor Sith and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, it, it's not just like all powerful. They're like just, you're just you know grunt Sith and uh, you know like sanitary and all that kind of stuff. So like. I, it was interesting to see that that social dynamic and then the power struggles within that, yeah. um, especially with the the Sith that he goes to see that's on the council. I can't remember her name. Um, uh, Darth Nyrus. Darth Nyrus, yeah. And then sort of the, the sort of backbiting, you know, uh, uh, sexual her yeah her, her Iago sexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of that was just was just really really great. Really interesting, yeah. um, and like it said, it built like a really, really um, cool world around it. Um, and I yeah. found like you obviously got the backstory on Darth Bishop, which was crazy good. Mm. That was such yeah. a good read, like that's genuinely unique. I mean, I do feel like the older book, from what I know of it, does fall into the trap of probably because it's based on video games. Everyone's super powerful. And everything's whacked yeah. up to yeah. eleven. You know what yeah. I mean? You you don't get Luke Skywalker pulling down star destroyers, and you don't get um, world eaters, and you know those kind of things. And and then Darth Vader can suck the whole force out of the planet. That's obviously just ridiculous, even within Star yeah. Wars. But it mm-hmm. but it, it's fun to read. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cassie, what about you? Uh, do you enjoy the Sith Empire stuff here? Um, I think when I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, it's interesting. When I was kind of just like, spoiler alert, I didn't reread the novel before this episode. I was kind of just like writing down notes and like, uh, I was reading Wikipedia. 
you know. This is what Wikipedia is for, Cassia. This is what Wikipedia is for. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I scourge Sith Dark Council, Darth Nyrus, Lord Vitiate, Immortality. I think I got it. You know, dark side <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I think if I were to re-listen to it, I'd be like, oh, this is good. But um, maybe I just need to refresh my memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if you do, I can thoroughly recommend the... Um... The, the the unabridged version that came out last year i think with the um as part of the essential legends reissues um that that's the version i crammed this week just to just to refresh my oh, memory wow. and, and, and it was pretty good actually uh i really enjoyed I didn't realize it. that was unabridged yeah yeah so they've done that with they've stopped doing it now but certainly for the first year or so of those essential legends releases they were all getting new produced mm. unabridged um audiobooks uh, and sa- sadly i good apology that they're going to start doing them again oh are they that's great yeah mm. i've yeah. had a little insider tip very good inside knowledge christopher thanks um yeah that that is very good news because because we we know folk in the community who really rely on those people whose eyesight you know isn't great and you know audiobooks is a real lifeline for some folk um yeah so anyway yeah so if you do want to catch up with it cassia um revisit it i I can thoroughly recommend that um brian how how did you get on with the sith empire stuff here and lord scourge and darth nyrus and wheels within wheels and fires within fires and all of the rest of it Oh, for sure. Um, yes, the Sith Empire stuff here in the book, I think, is probably the the best and most interesting and well crafted um, aspect of the book. I think Scourge is a really interesting character. Um, I like Central, uh, uh, that you know, that kind of yeah. slimy uh, advisor guy is really interesting, and kind of the the political infighting and stuff like that. So you can definitely tell that Carpishin uh, had just written three books, basically dealing with. <laughs> this yeah. kind of stuff right um so so coming off the back of that but i i really like that and i i think that it gave kind of i don't know kind of some some plausibleness to the story which i thought was interesting yeah. and then i think scourge just as a character is really interesting and i think um kind of his interactions as we you know kind of move into the the third act of the book like his interactions with uh revan come back around and are, are pretty interesting as well but yeah i really like the sith empire here building building kind of this this world out and um explaining who these people are and how they're you know important to each other and versus each other and and all that stuff i think he does a a great job of laying that out and you know lining it up so it's easy to kind of understand and you know you just understand that these are uh, like chris was saying you know these ultra just powerful beyond all belief uh, sort of figures within the galaxy so yeah i i really like this stuff i i it is almost certainly my favorite aspect of the book uh as well i think it it helps that this kind of is almost the the through line that joins the two parts together you know so you are following a bit of scourge and nyrus's journey and and they're they're that drama um in part one sort of so that's intercut with revan going off on his quest uh and then we return to that crowd in in part two as, as then um Mitra Surik's sort of path converges with theirs um so, so I, I guess it, it's it's the part of the novel that feels novel shaped in a way you know that, that there is kind of a through line mm-hmm. yeah which helps um and you know I, I sort of the, the lore fan in me as well I, I kind of dig that actually finally we are 
this is the first time we've seen the Sith Empire since the Great Hyperspace War and the the sort of the, the prequel comic to Tales of the Jedi, the sort of golden age of the Sith and follow the Sith Empire comics, um, that introduced the sort of these red skinned um Sith aliens, uh, and it's it's nice to kind of finally catch up and see what the Sith Empire has been doing and hiding for the last thousand plus years, you know, um, uh, and that's again it, it it's part and parcel of. Um, Carpetian's brief here, which is to join the dots between all these established bits of lore. So he's 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 having to draw the dots from all the way back in the nineteen nineties Tales of the Jedi comics to, you know, to the Knights of the Old Republic stuff between the two Knights of the Old Republic games, and then all the way forward to you know to the Old Republic massively multiplayer online role playing game as well. Um, but it's done in a nice way, and none of it feels certainly within this this section, this the Sith Empire stuff. It doesn't feel sort of laboured or sort of overly sort of basal exposition or anything like that. It, it it's actually quite fun and um, f- full of character, um, which I really like. Um, in terms of sort of the idea of the Emperor, I I never really got on with the idea of the Emperor. It kind of felt too much like um. I don't know, a, a bit repetitive. We we've had a Sith, we've had an emperor in Star Wars before. Can we not see something new? You know, um, mm-hmm. and I guess you you have yeah. an empire; it should have an emperor. But that that that's actually not something that the old '90s comics did with the Sith Empire. There, there was sort of a you know the Dark Lord, but he wasn't called an emperor. You know, and, and some of my some of my little bugbears with the Old Republic multimedia project be it sort of the the cinematic trailers and the bits and pieces of the game i've seen the aesthetic i find quite sort of it's so prequel era it's like the jedi temple looks exactly like the jedi temple that we see in the prequels and you know the the there's a lack of imagination to my eye in some of the some of the stuff and and the idea that oh there's a powerful emperor again kind of felt a bit sort of um it, it it felt a bit like we'd seen something like that before but that aside I, I i do enjoy all of the sith stuff that's going on in here um but let's go back and chat about mitra surik because she's the one really who's um who's path who, who, we'll see her path crossing with, with the sith empire uh in the second part of this novel uh so part two Opens after the events of the, of the second Knights of the Old Republic game, and we and we finally get to meet Mitra Surik, um, who we previously only knew as the Exile. There was a little there's a little section I think in part one, isn't there, where Revan's looking for her, and he looks up for her file in in, in the Jedi Library, and he has a run in with um, Prim and Proper Atrus, um, as sort of the, the, mm-hmm. the snoot, in, in, mm-hmm. in snooty librarian mode, um, but uh, so here we are, we're meeting Mitra, uh, who's finally got a name. Um, Revan remains missing, and after a sort of a, a meeting with Revan's wife Bastila, Mitra and T three M four head out on a quest t- to search for him. Uh, and this is kind of when the plots start to converge as uh, Mitra starts to make her way into Sith territory, uncovering secrets about the Sith Empire, the history of Vitiate, uh, and tracing Revan to Lord Scourge. Um, uh, how does this bit of the story work for you, Brian? Do you are there any sort of highlights, low points? Um, my favorite part about this section is I can just imagine uh, how agitated Cassia is being right now, just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> uh, this this part of the story I I don't I don't love I don't it uh, it it basically just shows uh, Bastila as being this jealous housewife type and 
just cuts her off from the story there. I don't like that at all. Um, yeah. Like I like I like the inclusion of Mitra Surik in the story because it it ties you know kind of Kotor two into this and you know that she had yeah. had some you know kind of previous you know relationship at on some level uh, with Revan. I I think that that is interesting. Um, it doesn't uh, tip its hat um, in any sort of way to any of the other characters in Kotor two. Um, I don't know if he, you know, Drew Carpenter was like, I didn't write those characters. I don't care about them. I don't need to talk about them. Or he didn't even get like the checklist, yeah. right? With like Big Z and, and mission uh, treatment that they that they got there. But that is an interesting choice. It's an interesting omission, isn't it? Because aren't they the people who are basically rebuilding the Jedi Order at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, yeah, that's how the Jedi Order basically is back in, yeah. in existence yeah. kind of at this point, right? So um, I think, like I said, I think it's interesting to to use her as kind of the, as the character, I guess, that, that goes off. But I don't I don't like the the interaction that she has with Bastille. I think even in, in the book, my memory is a little foggy, but I think basically she like goes to their apartment and Bastille yeah. is, is you know, like I said, like this jealous housewife, like, oh, here's this this girl and she's she's pretty and she's going after Revan and I'm stuck here being pregnant. And I'm like, what? What are we talking about? What yeah. are we doing with that? Yeah. Um, so so I don't I don't love that for it. Um but I do I do like her and I kind of like the idea of of she goes and kind of tries to infiltrate uh this uh, Sith Empire and kind of you know you know kind of kind of cozy up to Scourge in a way. I think there's a thing where yeah. she has to dress up like some sort of a some sort of uh a dancer. Uh, I don't like that either. Yeah. That seems that's, that's yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a bad look, a little bit of a bad look, but uh yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know. The, you I like... got to dress as a slave and expose your midriff yeah. mm-hmm. to get through the door. Like yeah. I said, so I I like kind of I like kind of the intent of the section, but the execution of it I I don't enjoy um at all. And I'll let I guess Cassia can go on and expand on any of that if she wants. <laughs> yeah, Cassia, how, is that resonating with you in terms of Bastila being sidelined, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Yeah, it's kind of like Bastila, you can't go you're pregnant you know um yeah and it's well they, like... they actually i think the, the kid is born at this point but yeah she's, she's got a toddler basically so she can't go yeah brian yeah. and i constantly joke it's like i think like the group in kotor one if they ever like i don't know what google would be you know uh in the star wars galaxy but like i feel like if they just like got a group chat going like okay this weekend we're just gonna google some information find out where revan is they could have done it but it's kind of just like uh fast or brighton and i just joke like bastel and karth are probably like spending like star wars thanksgiving together it's like yeah mm-hmm. i wonder where revan is it's like meh too bad we'll never know like who cares you know like they could have figured it out but yeah like as someone who wrote and is writing you know like an audio drama on Bastila so you know therefore what a plug plug. writing a fan yeah yeah (laughs) so I'm an expert you know because I wrote a fan fiction basically uh (laughs) I don't like how like Bastila it's like I think they're even implying like Bastila is like 19 years younger than Revan and like um let's just make that a like in my mind it's just a five-year difference and like yeah yeah Yeah. it's yeah I Bastila being sidelined is 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 that's the thing my my biggest problem with 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 this section of the book I guess they're Um, a forced bond you know like yeah. I don't think she'd just be like, 
I think Jedi daycare could or should exist, you know, and she could go find her husband. Well, and I don't yeah, think she I mean, would be jealous of Mitra because I don't think Mitra yeah. ever expressed romantic interest in anyone in this book, you know? No, um, no. I mean, if this was the 1990s and back in the Tales of the Jedi comics days, I mean, she'd have just gone off and had her adventures and uh, they wouldn't even have mentioned who was looking after the kid. Think of uh, Nomi Sunrider, you know, mm -hmm. she's got her daughter Vima, but um, I have no idea who was looking after Vima most of the time while she was off riding winged beasts on Onderon falling in love with Ulic Keldroma, you know. Um, yeah. But she was off living her she was off living her best life, um, yeah. having all sorts of fun. Put a car seat on T3 and let the T3 can wheel the that kid around. So and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um Chris, how how does this bit of the book work for you as someone who's maybe less invested in Bastila and um the surrounding story stuff? I didn't really notice it because I don't know who Bastila is really. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember quite enjoying the character at the beginning of the book and I was like, okay, this Bastila sounds interesting. I want to know more about her. Because I'd heard, I'd heard the name mentioned and I know that there's Shans throughout Legends, isn't there? Yeah, there, there, there are more Shans later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, because I I didn't I didn't I didn't have that reference point to how Bastler was before, it didn't really stand out to me. Yeah, you know, um, those moments. I mean, I I did think it was like it it made it quite the ending quite bittersweet. The fact that she didn't go and the fact that they never had that moment of reconnection. Yeah. Um, considering what happens at the end of the book, I found that quite affecting actually and quite sad. Yeah. Even though, like, like I said, the Reverend's not the best character book. Um, but yeah, no. So it was it it, it works for me. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's there's a, there's a very sweet there's a very sweet epilogue at the end, isn't there? Where we see Bastila a little bit older, with grandchildren, um, and, and talking to one yes. of her grown up talking to her grown up son. Um, yeah. It's a sweet that scene. Quite sad. Yeah. yeah, I found that quite sad and quite affecting, which I didn't really expect. So yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely decent. Yeah, let's talk about the how the story wraps up in terms of Revan um, and and Mitra, I guess, as sort of twin protagonists of the book. Um, I find it a bit sort of odd, partly because when I first read this, I had no idea about the story point from the old republic video game that that a line was being drawn to um so i thought it was a very strange way to to be to be, to be finishing up a revan novel uh, and and i i could i could see that clearly there was some other story point in the future they were tying to but i wasn't aware of um but i guess i didn't find it a terribly satisfying ending to a book about revan um what what about you brian on that point did, did how, how does that sort of how, how how do you find where we leave revan here um i i find where we leave revan is uh is a pretty anti-climactic to, to yeah. be com completely honest right i don't have we done an have we done spoiler here for 
for the book. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, well, I'll skirt, I'll skirt around spo- some things. Spoilers, no, spoilers for spoilers. Rebel Novel and the Old Republic massively multiplayer online video well, game. Yeah, well, yeah. Swotor one and two. Boom. Yeah, if you if you if you if you play Swotor, then you know that Revan just shows up three hundred years later. So I guess you can surmise that all these people didn't make it. But but basically, the crux of the book is that uh, Candorus gets the mask back, and then Revan sits in a prison cell. And everyone dies except for him, who wakes up three hundred years later. Is basically the, the the crux of the yeah. of the story here. Um, I do really like kind of at with the Mithra's end. force ghost knocking around still. I believe <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's she's kicking around. T 3s not. Uh, he he bit it. That's sad. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but I really like kind of kind of the end sort of sort of bit here where you get Scourge and Revan having kind of these interactions where Revan's talking to him. I think that is probably the best character yeah. building of Revan in the book for sure. Um, you know, talking a little bit about that. Um but yeah, it kind of it kind of seems like it's building to something and then, you know, it, nothing happens because like I said, you know, to set up the game, you know, Revan has to still be around somehow in the future um for yeah. for this game timeline. So so you spend all this time and um investment with Mitra Surik and you think that they're gonna have some sort of some sort of reunion or reconnection, which doesn't happen because of the way that the fight goes, you know, same with T three, he's never able to to, you know, uh be back together with Basla, which is kind of kind of sweet because he's getting that recording from from T three. So that's so that's nice, but it yeah. it leaves you definitely wanting more of of that. Or even if he could have sent a recording back, it had T three you know survived survived the battle and yeah. been able to take a recording back to Bastila that she could have played to the kids at the end that would have been better. Um, so I don't I I don't know I like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it it's just all very. I don't know, just unresolved in a really unsatisfying way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and not yeah, definitely. It's it's not like unresolved in like a satisfying way that makes me want to go out and learn about the the Revan storyline. It just is unresolved yeah. in a way where I'm like, okay, well that was that was that then I guess. So yeah, yeah. what about you, Cassia? Um, it's kind of funny because I don't think through Carpishan, um even was able to play Knights of the Old Republic 2 before he wrote the Revan novel. I think Mm. he just had to Wikipedia it, you know, and I think Uh that kind of shows in the writing of this novel, you know, because I think that the exile is a tremendous character and I don't even think that Kreia gets a mention in this novel. And That's a little no, questionable in my mind. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember the first time I read this novel, I hadn't been able to play, as I, as I mentioned last week, I hadn't been able to play the, all of the Knights of the Old Republic 2 game. So so I did read the Wikipedia sort of plot summary, I think, of, 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 the, of the second game, um, sort of expecting that I'd need to know all this stuff. Um, yeah. And I really didn't. Um uh, yeah, because really, the only elements from the second game that are carried over here are Mitra, and then that one scene in the library with, with um, Atrus. Atrus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chris, what about you? I mean, uh, how, how did you find that sort of the, the sort of the, the grand finale, and I guess the confrontation with Viciate, and and when when what happens to Revan afterwards, uh, as someone who's not as invested in the game. It's strange because I actually found it quite epic. Mm. Um, mainly because I don't have that connection to Revan or whatever. Yeah. But I found that his 
see a lot of people say you know, uh, Brian said on anticlimactic and um I think you agreed and I don't see that because the I found that Revan's sacrifice as such of giving his existence for all time to weaken this year. Yeah. That sacrifice he makes is is really powerful. You couldn't really get any more epic than that. It's uh I mean so much so that doesn't Doctor Strange do the same thing in his movie? Pretty much. What? Where he gives himself for the rest of time to stop. Dormammu has come to bargain. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's a really powerful sacrifice to make, especially when you know that he's got a wife and child back home who he's never going to meet. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I found that quite good. And to echo Brian's point, that um, the whole um, Scourge and um, Revan interactions were really interesting. It was a really good playoff there because. Scourge, he's uh he's not your typical Sith character you'd expect. He's quite weak. Um and he's quite he's quite a weak character. I don't mean like a poorly written character. He's like he is weak willed and he's a weak character and that just made him more interested and more fascinating. Yeah. And his seeing their interactions and the and the way he the connection he makes with Mitra and their kind of alliance. Yeah. Um I mean, and the way it makes Scourge question who he is and what his beliefs are, it was it was quite good bit of character work there. I thought. Yeah, I I I agree. Those those scenes with I think with with Scourge and Mitra and Scourge and Revan in this second part, that they're they're the, they're the scenes that stick out to me. Is oh that would be cool to see in a movie with two really good actors going head to head. You know, mm-hmm. that th- that's really interesting stuff. There's there's meaty stuff going on in there. Um, with, with particularly the Revan Scourge stuff, with both of them thinking they're playing the other, you know. Yeah, for for sure. Um, uh, Cassia, do you have something you wanted to say? Yeah, I I did like that. Bastila gave Mitra. She gave uh, Mitra Revan's mask that she kind of kept. She kind of hid even from Revan after even they were married even after KOTOR 1, but it, mm. it's kind of like, it kind of brings to mind like spoilers for Ahsoka, uh, episode 5, but um, it's kind of like Anakin is also Darth Vader, you know, like yeah, Revan is also Darth Revan, you know, you're kind of yeah. the light and the dark, you know, you kind of have to know your light and your dark to know who you are as a person and like it's kind of like the Revan mask unlocks all of his memories and yeah able to be who he needs to be I kind of didn't vibe with like after kind of like how we learn like post Mandalorian Wars like Revan and Malik like searched for the Sith Empire but were um kind of turned by i believe it was the emperor of the the sith like i felt like that kind of took away some agency like like wars wars held just like let them fall on their own volition but Mm. i i was sad that t3 died saving revan like i wrote down burn this book and then like (laughs) scourge kills mitra (laughs) by stabbing her in the back and i wrote down burn this book more um yeah yeah, Mit- yeah. mitra's end is is uh, yeah 
I wasn't particularly happy. It seemed quite unceremonious, and yeah, yeah. not not yeah. not how I would have wanted to see a character I'd invested forty hours in um, yeah. going out. And I I can definitely um, understand what Chris is saying is as this being kind of this epic thing and this big huge sacrifice that Revan is making. But but to me, like he spends two thirds of the book sitting in this prison cell. We haven't seen him like earn any of these things that he's sacrificing. He hasn't spent any of the book with Bastila so like that sacrifice doesn't seem that big right had they been together this whole time or had she been you know doggedly pursuing trying to find him and then at the very end he makes the sacrifice I think for me at least that would have worked a little bit more and maybe it's because we have more experience kind of with their relationship and how that was that was uh built up um for me but it felt very it, it kind of was like this big big payoff but it wasn't earned at least I guess from yeah uh in my eyes so yeah, I, I suspect some of it's leaning on the, the idea that many of the readers at the time will have been aware from the game and from the other novels around the game, meaning the, the, the Old Republic online game, that there are more Shans in the future and that actually, you know, what's kind of being protected here and ring in, 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 is um, their offspring and their lines that will lead to Satali Shan and Theron Shan and you know some may, maybe readers at the time were sort of sufficiently invested in in that outcome of mm-hmm. his sacrifice rather than in the absence of the actual relationship with Bastila having shown up on the page in the first place I don't know. I'm, I think I'm making excuses for it now. Yeah. Um, well, and in, in terms but... of just sheer numbers of people, there are more people like Chris that never played the game than there are people, you know, like Cassie and I that well, have that, played the game a lot of times. So that, that that's the fascinating thing, isn't it? Because sort of, you know, with it having got that re-release as part of the Essential Legends, most folk have encountered it in the last eighteen months or so, or I can't remember when exactly it dropped as part of Essential Legends. Um, you know, most folk are are, are in, in Chris's shoes. And, mm-hmm. and are coming to this com- completely fresh, and and I, I I hope probably having a much better time with it <laughs> for for that probably right. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, and it, you know, it's it's not to slam the book. It's it's well written. It's entertaining. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's a quick read. It's it's fun. But yeah, it's just it's just kind of way that the characters are are portrayed. I think you know mostly to to Cassie and myself. It's not really a a slam against the writing or the way that the the story kind of unfolds on the page. I think it's it's well done in that sense. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let so I, th- I think we've we've probably covered most of it. Let's get some final thoughts from everybody then. Um... Cassia, are you are you feeling any warmer to it? Have, having chatted about it for a bit, are you are, are you going to dive into that audiobook? Um, I don't think so, but I think I do feel uh warmer about it having discussed it. I try to not just be like a toxic person or a fan and just be like I don't like it so it sucks and therefore it has no redeeming qualities but it was nice to hear uh some pros and cons from uh differing opinions that's how I try to be but um yeah my personal conclusion is let the KOTOR story conclude in the way it was written as as a video game uh yeah 
and like for me as a as someone who tries to be a storyteller like let characters live and die in their own times uh I just think it's a little awkward to just like have one character like be kept alive for 300 years just so they can appear as yeah a character in Spokane. yeah and let's be honest that only happened because Darth Revan is cool and a particular brand of fanboy loves the idea of Darth Revan and there therefore we will chuck him into the game that happened to be set 300 years later and we'll figure out how to make it work afterwards um I swear Revan fanboy is my least favorite fan yeah yeah there's yeah I, I get where you're coming from on that there's a lot of crossover there with the uh the more toxic and bigoted side of the fan base it's not it's not the old public's fault it's not Revan's fault it's just something about Revan attracts those people there's something about those stories about really cool Sith Lords that, that I think maybe does the local really cool, does occasionally yeah. attract the wrong sort um but Chris, yeah, so what about you? Final thoughts on this one? Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, I read, I've read two of the Old Public books, and I read this one, and then I read Deceived. And I definitely preferred Deceived. Um, but this one is, it's got a lot of redeeming, a lot of redeeming qualities. And I, I imagine if you've read, if you play the games, you'll probably be annoyed with some of the choices in this book. But if you haven't read, played the games, then you'll probably have a good time because it's, it's, Nice Drew Carpishan book, you know. Mm. It's not Darth Bane. Don't expect Bane. It's not that good, um, but it's definitely it's definitely got some really good moments. I mean, even thinking about it now, there's like there's that mission that Scourge goes on at the beginning and that factory mm, yeah. and stuff like that. There's a whole and that's a good action set piece. Yeah. And there's like tense and and it's not it doesn't matter in the overall narrative, but it's a good scene. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So there's plenty of good moments in it. He he writes good Sith action, does Drew Carpetian. Absolutely. Yeah, hot Sith action. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think if, if you've never played Knights of the Old Republic, or uh, maybe if you have played Code War 2, because it doesn't deal with Revan as much, um, uh, you're you're probably going to be better off reading this book. And like I said, it's it's enjoyable enough read. If you're a big fan of SWOTOR, maybe you're going to enjoy this book because it's going to, you know, light the way of how Revan showed up in your game uh, on this different timeline. Mm. Um, but Cassie and I have talked about uh, before on our show that, that Darth Revan, in our eyes, almost works better as, like, the idea of a Darth Revan. So, like, having, like, the Mask of Revan carry on for 300 years made more sense than having like the the man darth revan, revan. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah carry on carry on in this sense and, and maybe that would have been better and it would have you know kept a bunch of doors open in that sense um but yeah it's it's a good read if you're into uh you know kind of the old republic you know, timeline and and stuff like that it's it's worthwhile read even if you're left you know kind of wanting more scratching your head at some of the decisions it's it's a good and easy enough read that if you're if you're into these characters and this timeline at all it's it's worthwhile to to do and then you can decide for yourself if you like it or not so yeah it's interesting you said there about folk maybe who are invested in the Swotor game enjoying it i was speaking to someone this week who is a huge Swotor fan and he loves this book 
So I, I, I can see why that, and I can see why that might be the case. If you're very invested in the story that sees Revan reappearing <laughs> in mm. the narrative, yeah, then I, I guess you're going to get some extra jollies out of this as a backstory to that. Um, but as someone who's maybe more invested in where Revan's story starts, this is a bit of an odd. Um, it was, it's not quite a finale, is it? It's a, you know, but but it's it's certainly an odd step on the journey to a, another odd, to an odd finale three hundred years down the line. Um, yeah, I I do like this book, and I think the things that I like about it are it's the it's the lore fan in me. I I, I like it when things get tied up and lines are drawn from one dot to another. Um, this is one of those occasions, though, when that's done in a way that hasn't resulted in in, a, in, a, in an entertaining novel. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's not a particularly interesting novel-shaped thing. For, for me, it doesn't really become anything more than the sum of its parts. It is a connection. It, it's a bunch of lines being drawn from one dot to another dot to another dot to another dot. Um, and it's not a story that you would choose to tell about these characters. It's the story that he's had to tell about these characters because of all these pre-established yeah. you know, mm. stakes in the ground along the way. Um, and for me, it doesn't. It doesn't. It rarely rises above that. The exception to that for me being the Sith Empire stuff, the Scourge stuff, those great action beats that you're talking about, Chris, you know, uh, and some of those great scenes that we were talking about in part two with Revan and Scourge and Scourge and Mitra um love all that stuff so it's, it's a bit of a curio for me it, you know it's, it's got it's got this very wild brief it's got a lot of work to do and i think it does some of it quite well but um it, it's not an, it doesn't it doesn't add up to a very satisfying novel for me at, at the end of all of that um but i think that's gonna do it for this week folks um Brian, Cassia, and Chris, thank you again for being here and chatting Revan with me. Why don't you let the folks listening know where they can find you if you don't mind being found? Uh, yeah. So if you want to, if you want to find us, uh, first off, thanks Johnny for having us back on. This was a, a really fun time, you know, talking through both the games and then the, the following novels. So appreciate that for sure. Um, if you want to find our podcast, it's the older public podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to this right now, I guarantee we're probably on there. Uh, we're on YouTube, just search for older public podcast. Um, that's a, that's a great place. That's where we, we get our episodes out and fun unboxings and things on occasion, but, uh, you definitely want to make sure you get subscribed because, uh, Cassia's audio drama uh, part two is getting set to drop here very shortly. Mm -hmm. We're finishing up. We're, we're just tuning up a little bit of the music uh, and making sure that's ready to go and uh, polished up. And it's going to be going out into the world here in the next couple of weeks. So I want to keep your eye on that. We definitely uh, appreciate everyone who's been following along with that stuff. So you can do that on any of the podcast places. If you want to connect with me, I'm at Astro underscore droid underscore on Instagram, uh, where I just post. Uh, it's mostly things that uh, I bought Star Wars related that I probably didn't need to, but it's a lot of fun. So <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. We, we we can witness your credit card debt going up in real time. Yes, absolutely. absolutely amazing. Amazing. Uh Chris, what about you? Where can folks find you? Uh I mean, you know, I say I've said on fifty thousand episodes so far. Um but yeah, I'm SW Book Collector on Instagram and Threads and TikTok and Facebook. Um I started the Star Wars book community. I'm the admin of the non-toxic Star Wars fan base on Facebook. It's got 80,000 members. It's really good at writing for fan for tracks. Um, 
You can find me on the podcast mainly on the Canon Catch-Up episodes and then the monthly mm-hmm. chaotic comic episodes with Dan and John. Um, and... I-, I love listening to your comics episodes, not not least because I don't have time to read all the comics these days, but uh, it, the, there's, there's a beautiful chaos to those episodes that I, that I enjoy listening to. We tend to try and to. make people laugh rather than inform them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, and the interviews as well. We got to interview just... Um, Daniel Jose Alda and Justina Island recently, and we've got Lydia Kang yes. coming up because I know we're talking about mm-hmm. Old Public, but we're very big horror public fans on this podcast, mm-hmm. so um, we need oh, to nice. talk about that. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to raise a point actually. Yeah. If I can just quickly interject, it's funny how yeah. you say. I mean, it's a point you made earlier about the Old Public being like it's very prequely and it seems no different. Well, she's one mm. thing that's a, it's a contrast to the horror book because the horror public is only what 150 years before one part of it. Yeah, but that does mm. feel older than it old does, doesn't does. it? It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they haven't, yeah. like they've just started to get back to her, and they're you know they've really limited space travel, and it's fast. It's a fascinating comparison the two things. Um, but I'm not going to be one of those people that pits them against each other. They're both super valid and fun. And they both yeah. typically could, could coexist. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's not there's not much contradiction between. It's only really um, the back to things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, and of course, folk, you can find me uh, rambling about Star Wars books uh, usually uh on instagram and threads as at journals of the wills that's journals with an s and wills with an itch uh and if you're clinging to the flotsam and jetsam of the good ship twitter then you can find me floating among the wreckage there as at journals wills x marks the spot yep uh and of course, you can reach out to the podcast team on all the usual social media channels. And there you're looking for at SWBC podcast uh, coming up on the podcast feed next week. Uh, the main Monday show should be one of the chaotic comics roundups with uh, Chris, Dan and John Lee. You probably need uh, to record that then. Uh, yeah, yeah. You need to get on onto that and get that recorded, Chris. Um Canon Ketchup will see Dan Morgan and myself chatting about middle grade novel Moving Target. We have recorded that one. And Legends Library will be back with myself and Jesse talking about John Jackson Miller's Lost Tribe of the Sith short stories and comic. Um, So with with a final thank you to all of our panellists today, all that remains is to say that it's a goodbye from Brian. Goodbye, everyone. And it's a goodbye from Cassia. The opposite of hello there. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from Chris. I think that would be bye here. If it was hello there, then the opposite would be bye here. So B- bye here. Bye here. Mm. Huh. Bye here. <laughs> I'll say that next time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Uh, Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, We'll catch you next time on the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. (laughs) 